you are listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. So we, uh, today we are on week, I believe week four, week four of this series like no one else. Uh, today we're going to be talking about that great marriages just don't happen and the world that wants to destroy yours. And maybe you're here today. By the way, this message has something not just for married couples. It's maybe you've experienced the pain of divorce and, and you are single for maybe you've never been married and you're thinking that I've always wanted to be married and great. I'm just going to feel horrible leaving today because they're talking about marriage. Um, I, I want to let you know there's a little something here for you all today. Um, and so stay tuned. But I thought it would be fun. Uh, I don't know what Audrey's going to say today. I did tell her some of the questions I'm going to ask, but I, this will be the first I hear them. So uh, the questions I've asked her is, uh, what were, talking about marriage, so Audrey and I have been married 25 years. Yeah. Yes. And, um, and so the, the question I asked her is, the first question is, what was the hardest years for us? <laughs> Why are you laughing, Audra? <laughs> Besides, don't say this year, though. No, that, that's the no, only thing I asked. No. <laughs> All right. It's not this year. It's not this year. And I think for us, because every marriage is different, but for us, um, we waited a while to have kids. Uh, we waited seven years before we had our kids. But I think um, became very difficult when we had kids because it introduced different uh, dynamics to our family um, and expectations, parenting, so many things involves when, involved when you have kids. So I think probably for me that was one of them. And the other uh, few years that were hard, uh, <laughs> there weren't many, I will say, but there's, I think there's hard parts of every year, if we're being honest, right? There's no years, 365 days that are amazing. Audra, really? But there's some. Okay, I'll go but, along with it. But there's some hard years. There's some hard days. There's some hard months. There's some hard weeks. But another uh, time that was especially hard for Mark and I, before we were pastoring, uh, he built homes and did land development, and we were deep in debt. And for me, uh, as a woman... And on our marriage and having small kids, very stressful, very, very stressful, stressful. Uh, deeply, deeply in debt. Um, but God turned it around. All right. Well, that's thank you, Audra, for being. Do you want me to share my thoughts? On yeah. That? Well, I'll get to that in a minute. All right. Yeah, you have the rest so, of the sermon. I do. So here we go. What did you and do you struggle most about being married? Like, so being married, what are your struggles in that? Like. I know it's pretty, that's a difficult question. It is, it's tricky, it's tricky. I mean, um, your personalities are very different, usually, when you get married. You can talk to me, Audra, it's okay. Yours and I are... You don't need to be like third person out here. (laughs) Yours and I are very different as far as you're very uh, type A, just like, you know, having your environment controlled. And I'm a little freer in that area. Like I, you know... The rugs get vacuumed when I see... When Mark vacuums Yeah, them. when Mark vacuums. There we go. You want to be honest. Because I, I didn't like vacuuming, and so okay. it didn't happen a lot. All right. Anyway, so I think personalities different. Yeah. 
and uh, expectations because men and women are so different and he might have an expectation i have expectations but if you don't talk about what they are then uh you don't know how to address them and so i think that is it and you know what I was realizing uh, and thinking about this is the verse in Hebrews, uh, I'm doing the FPU class right now, but he talks about discipline is really hard. It's, it's hard in all areas of our lives, being disciplined with our quiet time, being disciplined in staying consistent with raising children, being disciplined in being selfless, because in a marriage you have to give up a lot. It's a good give up, but you still have to give up me time, you have to give up your desires, your wants, but being disciplined is really difficult, but it yields a fruit of righteousness. So it's it's thinking of that, it's thinking of the long term. And what Mark and I decided, we were never ever gonna discuss divorce. We just weren't gonna discuss we it. We call it the D word. Yeah, we do call it the D word. We don't actually speak it a lot. So the D word, we just decided. A lot. What do you mean? Never. Right, okay. But I'm saying we don't say it. We say the D word, but I okay. said it here because some people might not know what I'm talking about. Well, obviously. <laughs> The D word. Anyway, we decided we're not going to talk about that. And sometimes that takes discipline in our lives. It takes um, really leaning into the Lord and focusing on Him and praying for things about our spouse that, that we want to change. We want to change, but we know that God is the one to do it. <laughs> not me. All right. I, I can't change anything. That's right. That I is pray true. For you. That is true. So, yeah. so here's we're going to end on this question here. <laughs> we will have marital sessions after oh, this. So That's good. fine. All right. So, so what are the joys of being married? So we'll end on this. Jo- this yes, break note. because there are the so many highlights and there joys. Are, there are many. That's of what them. you wanted me to talk about more, right? Well, why do you love to be married to me? You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, he wants to end on. Okay. You you're amazing. Be, okay. No, no, I didn't need to go no. there. But no. but what, do you, what are the joys of being married? Okay. There are benefits. There are so many benefits. Yeah. And one of the main ones is you get to do life together. That's right. You get to do life together. You're not alone. I mean, we have Jesus, right? But uh, we're not alone. We make decisions together. Uh, we, we try to parent together. All of any big major decisions we have, we make together. So that's one. Yep. The other is you can lean on the other spouse for um, areas that maybe you're weak in. So I rely on you to help me in my weak areas, Um, even though I may not express joy about those things sometimes, I am grateful that you help bring me to, you know, my my strengths and encourage me in that area. So So. can I tell you what one of the joys I find in being married to you? Sure. Okay. Um, So so one of the things I love about, though, being married to you, though, is is you learned early on not to be one of those naggy wives. Mm. So drip, I appreciate drip, that. Drip, drip. Yeah, you weren't one of those. But what I also realized is, is it's so great to have a partner that really is your champion. Mm-hmm. And so that you, I know you pray for me mm-hmm. and you know when you see my weak areas, which you're married, you see weak areas, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but you don't nag me on those weak areas. You you pray about my mm. weak areas. And so I think that to know that somebody's praying for yeah. me, to know that somebody's encouraging for me. You. Yes. We're for each other. We're for each for other. You. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I just love being married to you. Oh. So I hope for many more years. Yes. All right. Love you. All right. She just told me to peace out. <laughs> peace out, baby. All right. 
So, meaning she's done. All right. She's happy she's done. She doesn't always get a joy of coming up here and speaking. But um, so that was a little insight. Okay. There was nothing too scathing in that one for me. I was a little nervous, <laughs> what she might say. But, um, well, today we're going to be talking about, yes, marriages don't just, great marriages just don't happen. I am going to bring you to the end of this. I, I want to let you know where I'm leading you today. Uh, hopefully everybody got one of those, at least married couples got one of these. Um, there is a call to action if you are married today, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. But as I said, I, I'm very, very well aware of, and we're going to be talking about this, of the pain of divorce. And sometimes when you're single, feeling like you're not complete and you're inadequate, and that's not the case. We're going to be talking about that a little bit too. But let me give you a quick, some quick statistics. Almost 50% of all marriages in the United States will end in divorce or separation. Next, researchers estimate that 41% of all marriages end in divorce. Unfortunately, statistics get worse. 60% of all second marriages end in divorce. And then it gets worse. 73% of all third marriages end in divorce. So, first of all, I, I want to let you let you know that you, you know this this cycle of divorce, remarriage. It doesn't help um, the more times you go at it, as if like you're going to like somehow perfect it. Really, the best marriage that you have is the marriage. The best marriage you'll ever have is the best is the marriage that you have right now. That is the best marriage that you'll ever have. And remember this whole series is looking at the patterns of this world versus the way that God has wanted to establish things and how in many ways they're very opposite or they're, they're not very familiar to each other. We said the ruler of this world is who? Satan and his job in, from John 10.10 10, is he's just hell-bent to kill, steal, destroy. He despises marriages, and so he's going to do everything that he can to destroy yours. And so the reality is, if you know that, if you know that going in, that, that we have an enemy that wants to kill and destroy our marriage, we realize that we have to be on the offensive but we also realize that the struggle is going to be real. This idea of this perfect fairy tale um, marriage is not a reality. Marriage is wonderful, but it takes incredible hard work. Um, you know, I would say that the world says if marriage gets too hard, the world says just give up, right? We see that 50% of people just say we're done. Jesus says, if marriage gets too hard, show up and work on it. Show up and work on it. You know, I think maybe, maybe for guys especially, marriage gets difficult. We either isolate or ignore or work more, right? We, we avoid those situations. But the reality is, is he's calling us to press in, press in. So the world says we have irreconcilable differences, right? But Jesus says, appreciate each other's differences. That's the thing I've really come to appreciate. We are different. And actually, that's what makes marriage fun and exciting. But it also can be the point of stress or irritation or conflict because of the differences. But when we can stop trying to change somebody and we realize that maybe if we looked at ourselves more than we looked at our spouses, 
that there might be something more to that. See, the world says you are the problem. In other words, saying you, look, pointing to your spouse, you're the problem. And Jesus looks, I says, look at yourself and, and look at the problem, <laughs> right? It, it takes two to tango. And chances are when you're struggling in a relationship, both of you have a part to play in that. You know, the, the challenge, we've talked about this before, when we talked about money, when we talked about different things. See, the ruler of this world, who is Satan, who actually, by his very nature, was very narcissistic. We, we know that Lucifer was actually his name, was in heaven with God. He's an archangel. But he decided, to like, I could be God. And, and so very prideful, very self-centered, very narcissistic. And as a result, Lucifer and a third of the angels were cast out of heaven. And that's why we have the rule of the world right now, Satan. And the demonic activity that happens in this world is are actually just fallen angels um, that are really just hell-bent to destroy your life. Because they want to destroy anything that has a resemblance of anything great that God is doing. God instituted marriages. We're going to be there in both the book of Matthew and Malachi today. So if you'll turn with me, by the way, I really do love, I was, t I was seeing a few of you walk in with your Bibles. I, maybe I'm old school, but I really love when you bring your physical Bibles to church because there's something about underlining it, putting a bookmark there, taking notes. Um, I know you can do it on your app today. And yes, you can go to our Grace Capital Church app and find the, the Bible on the app and you can follow along with us. But like last week, we're going to be in the Gospels. But this one, we're instead of Luke last week, we're going to be in Matthew 19. And then we're going to be in Malachi again. Malachi, you know, Malachi, Malachi. And uh, amazing things. You know, Malachi, he was a prophet. Prophets, Old Testament prophets like prophets today, they are actually the mouthpiece of God. The Spirit of God will come upon them and they will speak actually what is on the heart of God. And so the prophetic books are actually God speaking to his people and to his church. But in Matthew chapter 19, uh, these are Jesus's words. And the Pharisees were kind of testing Jesus. The Pharisees were the religious guys of the day. And they were testing Jesus in, in this whole idea of marriage. But I'm going to start at verse 3. And the Pharisees came up to him and tested him by asking, Is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And he answered, these are Jesus' words, red words. Jesus, Son of God, speaking these words. Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Interesting. Quoting from Genesis. Jesus is actually quoting, um, I guess, himself. If the Bible is all inspired by him, he is the word of God. And so he's quoting Genesis. Then verse 6, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Let not man separate. You see, Jesus understands what he's intended for marriage to be. When we came to, 
together as a, a couple, and whether you got married in a church or justice of peace, there is something about the unity that came together that before God, that you, you said yes and you're joined. There is a spiritual union that takes place. The reason why it's important to know that is because you become one flesh. This is the reason why when a divorce takes place, there is so much pain. So much pain because the actuality is what was one is now tearing apart to become two again. And that tearing is so painful and hurts so many people. Malachi also speaks of this where some versions that God says he hates divorce. And, you know, by the way, some people would hear that verse and actually you know, who have gone through a divorce and feel almost like that's condemning for them. First of all, I want to let you know there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So God does not condemn you if you've gone through a divorce. But the reason why he hates divorce, and we'll, we'll read Malachi chapter 2, verse 13 through 16, and then I'll talk about why he hates divorce so much. It goes on to saying the second thing, in other words, he had a first thing that he was talking about that he had problems with, uh, with the, the priests at the time. He's actually referring to the priests. And he says, and the second thing you do, you cover the Lord's altar with tears, with weeping and groaning because he no longer regards the offering or accepts it with favor from your hand. Remember Old Testament, they would, um, they would bring an offering to the temple. The priests would, um, would um, solicit that offering on your behalf. And that would be like making a right relationship with God. And here he's saying, I can't even accept this offering. And then it says, but you say, why does he not accept that offering? Because the Lord has witnessed between you and the wife of your youth. In other words, as you got married, he was there. He was a witness. He was a witness to your marriage. To whom you have been faithless, though she is your companion and your wife by covenant, did he not make them one with a portion of the Spirit in their union? And that was the one God-seeking, godly offspring. So in other words, not only are you coming together as one, but he wants you to create this godly offspring, create families that would know the Lord, that would fill this earth with his presence through your kids. To so guard yourselves in your spirit and let no one and let none of you be faithless to your wife of your youth for the man who does not love his wife but divorces her says the lord the god of israel covers his garment with violence says the lord of hosts so guard yourselves in your spirit and do not be faithless faithless so here's what he's talking about both in matthew jesus and malachi a prophet speaking really to the priests and to the people who are saying, God hates divorce. Why? Because you don't realize how much you're actually hurting yourself and somebody else when you walk through a divorce. There's some versions that says that you actually bring violence on yourself. Here it says, bring violence to your garment. But really, that's the whole idea. A garment of violence is your life becomes violent. 
I walked through the pain of divorce with some of you, or at least have heard your stories. And I just know the deep, deep pain that you go through. And my heart is that nobody goes through that. It's difficult. But I want to let you know marriage is difficult. And great marriages don't just happen. So if we know that what God's, when I say ideal, I don't even think it's that because it's not about like, hey, God just wants you to have this holy, great marriage. I think God just says, I love you so much. I don't want you to go through that pain and anguish. I love you so much. I don't want you to walk through hell. And by the way, that's what Satan wants you to do. He wants to destroy your marriage and so you can live hell on earth. God says, no, 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 I don't want that for you. I don't want that for you. So if we've got this pressure, we've got the world that basically tells you, ah, you know what, if it doesn't work, just give up. You'll find somebody else. Statistics tell us that's not going to really work really well for you. Then you have God who's just saying, I don't want you to go through the pain. All right, we know that divorce causes pain. So how do we get from, all right, we got to stick it out to get to the other side of it where we can endure the, the, the frontline attacks that the enemy has on our marriages. Well, I think that's where we have to show up and do the hard work. That means where we have to commit that we're not going to use the D word in our homes. That means that we've got to then also say, how do I get around people that are going to be encouraging and supportive? And, and what do we need to do to keep pressing? And I know Audra and I, for a few years, we early on in our marriage, we said we we're always going to read a book on marriage or we're going to do a marriage conference every year because we needed that to set the foundation for our relationship. Um, our elders met last Sunday and then our church council met on Monday and we were talking about marriages and, and this is where we realized that we want to help as the church, we want to come together and support you for those of you who are married in your marriages. On this paper, there is a weekend to remember event in Portland, Maine coming up in April on April 12th through 14th. Not only are we signed up to be uh, a group so you can get a group discount rate, but our church council has agreed that anybody, we do, do not want finances to be an issue for you. We so believe in supporting your marriage that if you want to get away and you're saying we can't get away because of, of, of finances, that the church is going to help you. Uh, we have Cassandra, who is actually, Cassandra, actually, I don't mind you just coming up real quick just so people can see you. Um, she's going to be at the end of this service. Cassandra is going to be out in the fireplace room, and she wants to capture, if you're interested in going to this weekend, just so you know, when you get to the fireplace room, it's like you have a familiar face. So there, this Cassandra, you can just wave at her. She's actually, her and her husband are going to the event, and uh, actually, Lars and Kelly, one of our elders, are going to the event. But we want to send as many, I'd be happy if all of our married couples didn't go to church on that weekend, and they're at this weekend to remember event. And so, thank you, Cassandra. I just want to see a, a friendly face there. Uh, she'll be in the fireplace room afterwards. Um, just to, to say, I'm interested. And then we can talk to you individually about what your financial needs are. Even if you don't have financial needs um, and you're saying, hey, I, I want to um, I want to go. Just connect just so we can kind of see who's all going. So I wanted to show you this video real quick, though, because um, I'm so committed that that 
I do not want one statistic of a divorce in this church. Not because I don't think this is never going to happen. I understand there's, there's the circumstances sometimes that, you know, these things happen. But I, I want to I fight with you and for you. I want to make sure that you guys have every resource possible to fight the good fight because it's a battle out there. I get it. So watch this video. This just shows you what this weekend's all about. It's just a teaser to say you want to be there. So that's, that's the, the thing over here. For that. So that's for you married folks. So uh, I just want to end this service, though, talking, addressing those who are single here, and then I'm going to pray for those who've experienced the pain of divorce. So for those of you who are single, I want to let you know that the Apostle Paul says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 6-8. through 8, Now, as a concession, not a commandment, I say this. I wish that all were as I am myself. But each has their own gift from God, one, one of one kind and one of another. To the unmarried and to the widows, I say it is good for them to remain single as I am. But if they cannot exercise self-control, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. So I want to let you know what a high calling it is for singleness as well. So just because we're talking about marriage today I, and you're not married, I want to let you know that, that you can fulfill all that God has for your life in your singleness. And then to those who have experienced the pain of divorce, I just want to say, I'm sorry. I know how hard it was and is. And I want to let you know that that we will continue to stand with you and continue to allow the Lord's healing to come into your life and to strengthen you. And I want to let you know there is life after divorce as well. And that God can heal. You know, I love that's Romans 8.28, that he makes all things work together for good. We live in a broken world is the reality. And... There's been past decisions, past hurts. And the reality is, is God can make all things new. And he can redeem all things. And he loves to heal the brokenhearted. So that being said, I champion you who are married. Press in, go strong, invest in your relationship. We'll come alongside you to the singleness 
be fully engaged with Jesus in your singleness until God says something different or bring somebody along your way. To those who experience divorce, there is healing and there are fresh starts. Let the Lord minister to you even in closing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We know that we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy, and that means we've got to fight the good fight. We can't just do what the world does and just give up when, the, when it gets difficult. But we must press in. We must invest. And at the end of the day, Lord Jesus, I just realized it's actually a choice. You've given, one of the gifts you've given us is choice. And you've given us a choice to say, yes, we're going to press into this marriage or no, we're not. It's my heart, Lord Jesus, that everybody in this moment to say, it's not going to be convenient. I got to work childcare, but I'm going to go to invest in my marriage. Father, to the singles here, I just pray that they would just enjoy their season of singleness. And Father, if it's a great high calling for the rest of their life to be single, Father, let them walk that out with just such great fervency and joy. Father, I pray right now for those who've experienced the hurt and pain of divorce. Heal their hearts. Heal their minds. Let them know that you love to make all things work together for good. Father, I know in, in a room like this, if there are people here who don't, maybe don't know you here visiting for the first time, and if, if that's you and to say, you know what, I, I, I've sent something here today, I felt something, and that's the Spirit of God, and you haven't been introduced to him yet, to Jesus, I'd like to introduce you. I'd like to just pray with you this morning. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you want the assurance of his salvation, would you just slip up your hand and I won't make you do anything other than slip up your hand and just acknowledge you. Anybody here in this room, slip up your hand and just look at me just so I want to make sure I don't miss you. Anybody here? Okay. Father, I again just thank you so much for what you're doing in and through us. Help us live faithfully for you. In Jesus' name, amen. If I could have our prayer team come forward. Um, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for deliverance, if you need prayer for anything at all, um, struggling with depression, struggling with uh, a sickness, we believe that the Lord still heals today. He still delivers today, and he still wants to set people free. So... We would love to pray with you. Otherwise, have a great time. Remember, Cassandra is out there. If you're at all interested in saying, we're not locking you into anything, but we do want to know who you are. They're saying, hey, I'm interested in going to this weekend to remember. Go into the fireplace room. Cassandra will just grab your name and email address and uh, have an amazing week. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If this ministry has impacted you and you would like to partner with Grace Capital Church to impact the communities around you, please join us at gccnh.com forward slash partners.